tonight I want to talk to you. The, actually, the, serv- the title of tonight's service is Light That Transcends light that transcends the darkness you know um and you know, and i want you to know that god has a word of hope for all of you and an expected end through the through the cross at calvary you know matthew 27:45 says now from the sixth hour there was a darkness over all the land until the ninth hour and much of tonight's teaching is going to deal with the sixth hour and the ninth hour and i want you to know every hour that jesus hung on the cross was redemptive in purpose. There was not a single hour of God of Christ's life that was wasted on this earth. Every single moment, every single breath, every single tear, everything that Jesus experienced in his life had something to do with our with our redemption. And tonight you are going to receive such a revelation of Jesus during this season. You're going to receive such a revelation of God's love and his protection plan for your life. Because God's going to give you such a revelation of the light and the darkness in the creation and and in the plagues of Egypt and the light is always going to prepare the light will always prevail over the darkness you know let's begin with a word of prayer heavenly father this evening i just pray that your anointing will fall upon this word lord i pray that nobody will hear me tonight but lord i pray that we will only hear, hear you this evening lord god lord jesus we just honor you during this holy week we just honor your blood we honor your sacrifice we thank you lord god for your, for your sacrifice Heavenly Father, we thank you for offering your only beloved Son. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for submitting to the will of the Father and laying your life down on the cross for us and becoming the spotless Lamb of the spotless Lamb of God for our sake. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your salvation. And Lord, tonight I just ask you to open the eyes and the ears of everyone that's watching and listening this evening. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you all. Um, if, you, if you could just say hello in the chat. I just want to welcome you, welcome you all this evening. Amen. Now, the scripture I want to start with tonight, I'm going to use many scriptures this evening. I want to read to you from Exodus chapter 29, verses 38 and 39, and verse 42. Again, Exodus 29, verses 38, 39, and 42. And it reads like this. Now, this is what you shall offer upon the altar two lambs a year old day by day continually one lamb you shall offer in the morning and the other lamb you shall offer in the evening now before uh, i read verse 42 i want you to pay attention to a few words here it says the other lamb shall be offered in the evening so there are two lambs being offered first lamb is being offered in the morning the second lamb uh, lamb is being offered in the evening now there's a mistranslation in our English translations of, of, of this of the script scripture here. It should not say the other lamb offer in the evening. It should say the other lamb you shall offer between the evenings. Amen. Do you all get that? The other lamb you shall offer between the evenings. And so the first lamb was offered in the morning, and that first lamb was offered at 9 a.m. Can you all say 9 a.m. or type 9 a.m.? 9 a.m. on our calendar within our frame of time is considered the third hour. And in Matthew 25, 30, uh, sorry, Matthew 27, verse 35, it reads, And when they crucified him, speaking of Jesus, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Jesus is a fulfillment of 
the word that Moses wrote in Exodus of Shemot chapter 29. So the, the two lambs that were offered, one in, in the morning and one between the evenings, is, per, is a prophetic parallel to the offering of Christ Jesus on the cross. Because Jesus is the spotless Lamb of God. He's the Lamb without blemish. Amen? And whenever you read the book of Revelation and you read about the Lamb, the Lamb is speaking about Christ Jesus himself. And so, and so the, first, the first Lamb in the Hebrew Scriptures in the book of Exodus was offered at 9 a.m. in the morning. Well, this, this completely lines up with the sacrifice of Jesus because Jesus was crucified in the morning he was crucified in the third hour, which corresponds to 9 a.m. in the morning. And, on, and tomorrow is, is, is Good Friday, and we will be, we will be celebrating and, and honoring Christ Jesus in his sacrifice. Amen? And then, remember I told you he, he was, uh, the second lamb was sacrificed between, um, between the evenings? Between the evenings corresponds to the ninth hour and that court that's considered the second evening the ninth hour is considered the second evening because there because uh, jesus was crucified between the evenings he was cru it, the the he, the second lamb in exodus speaks about christ on the cross because he's also he's both lambs he's the first lamb and he's the he's the morning lamb and he's the evening lamb and he was and so he was on, he was still on the altar at 3 p.m so in Ma in Matthew twenty seven forty five, it says now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. It's Matthew twenty seven forty five. There was now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And then we have the third evening because we have three evenings. The first evening is at noon. The second evening is at three p.m. and the third evening is at six p.m. And these times are, are extracted from, from, from the Mishnah. Now, as I said earlier, every hour that Christ was up on the cross has something to do with our redemption. Amen? It has something to do with our redemption. And as we look at, again, at Matthew 27, 45, when we use the scripture a lot this evening, now about the sixth hour, there was a darkness upon, there, there, there was a darkness Amen? There, 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 there was a darkness. And I want you to think about the darkness that we are all experiencing right now. You know, because of COVID-19, because of this coronavirus, uh, almost all of us are confined to our homes. Almost all of us around the world are confined to our homes unless we're doing critical work that requires us to be outside. And, and, and we're all going through a darkness right now. And the entire earth is experiencing a darkness right now. There is not one nation on the earth that's, that's exempt from this right now. And I offer up this service tonight. We all offer up this service, Lord God, for, 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 for healing in the lands, for healing throughout the earth, and for the eradication of this COVID-19 virus. And I pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen? So every hour that Jesus hung on the cross was, was strategic in God's redemption plan for you. This Passover is, is for your redemption. Redemption is the reason for this season. Now, when we think about the word season, we often think about springtime. We think about you know we, uh, springtime, summer, winter, fall. But that's not what the Bible speaks about when, when we're, when, in this context when we're speaking about seasons. 
These seasons come from a Hebrew word, which is the Hebrew word moed. Can you all say moed? Spelled M-O-E-D. The word moed speaks about appointed times. And the appointed times are times in which God is going to meet with his people in the most in the most phenomenal ways. And this may be redundant for some of you, but I know for many of you, you may have not heard this before. Everything that took, every event of, of incredible proportion that took place in the Bible is, uh, took place during the Hebrew feast. For example, the Jews came out of Egypt during the Feast of Passover. Well, guess what? Tonight at sunset, we have entered into the second day of this Holy Feast of Passover. Because the Israelites left Egypt on the 15th day of Nisan. And the night before, the 14th day of Nisan, which is the first day of the feast, is the day in which the blood of the lambs were struck on the doorpost. And guess what took place on Passover 2,000 years ago? The blood of Jesus, the blood of our Lord and Savior Yeshua, his blood was struck upon the cross. Amen? So during every moed, during every biblical season, God is going to meet with his people in the most propitious ways. For example, the Israelites came out of Egypt during Passover. Guess what? Jesus was also crucified during Passover. Then counting from the second day of Passover, we count 50 days. The 50th day is the feast known as Shavuot on the Hebrew calendar. And that's the day in which God visited his people at Mount Sinai and gave them the Ten Commandments. The Israelites heard God's raw voice from Mount Sinai. Well, guess what happened 2,000 years ago? 50 days after the resurrection of Christ, guess what took place? The Holy Spirit descended into the upper room and that day Pentecost, meaning 50th, is the very anniversary of the first Pentecost when God visited his people on Mount Sinai and gave them the Ten Commandments. So everything that we see in the scriptures, everything we read from Genesis through, uh, to, through Malachi is prophetic of what will take place in, 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 in the future. And every major event that took place in the, in the life of Christ paralleled the biblical feast. Amen. If you're all with me, please say amen. And through this, God, God, you are going to see God's protection plan in action. I want to encourage every one of you not to fear. I'm encouraging every one of you to allow your, your faith to be stirred up. Allow your faith to be stirred up. Because fear cannot stand in the midst of light. And this word, this word of faith that's being imparted to you right now is going to eradicate, it's going to eliminate the fear that you may be experiencing. I believe everyone is experiencing fear and uncertainty at some level. But I want you to allow the word of God to bring you healing. Allow the anointed word of God to bring you healing. Allow it to eradicate the fear and allow your trust in God to increase like never, like never before. I'm telling you, when all the plagues, with every plague that God inflicted upon the Egyptians in the land of Egypt, that the Israelites were safe in their dwelling. And I want you to know, in the midst of the plagues that have taken place, you have come under God's protection plan. You are covered by the blood of Jesus, and Jesus is going to protect you. Jesus is going to take care of you. And if you have any symptoms of, of, of any form of virus or flu, I, I encourage you to activate God's word and start rebuking those sicknesses, start rebuking those symptoms and, and and to take authority if your job's on the line i encourage you to take authority because you know we don't trust in man our hope comes from god alone amen because the light will always prevail over the darkness 
And I'm not talking to you about the light of the sun or the light that's reflected by the moon. I'm speaking to you about the light of Christ. Now, this season, this Hebrew season that we're in, is the month of Nisan. Can you all say Nisan? Nisan is the name of the first month on the Hebrew calendar. Tonight at sunset begins the 15th day of the month of Nisan. On our calendar, it's April 9th, 2020. At sunset tonight, on the Hebrew calendar, the date will increment from Nisan 14 to Nisan 15. And the very first gift that God gave the Jewish people is the gift of the biblical calendar, the calendar of God's redemption. You know, many of us think that that the Hebrew year begins on Rosh Hashanah. And that's not true. That's not entirely true. The The Hebrew New Year begins on the first day of the seventh month, which is the day known as Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. But the beginning of the Hebrew calendar begins in the first month, not the seventh month. The beginning of the calendar begins on the first day of the first month. And this is introduced to us in Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be to you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. I want you to know that God that God begins your year. He begins your year with redemption. He begins your year with the blood. He, he begins your year with freedom. You know, tonight I'm not going to talk about the subjugation that Pharaoh brought upon the Egyptians. Tonight I want to talk to you about the redemption and about God's redemption plan for your life. Because no matter how the enemy tries to subjugate you, God has a plan to bring you out. Amen? The Israelites had lived in the darkness of Egypt for over 200 years. And the way out of that darkness is through the gift that God gave his people. God gifted the Jewish people in in these verses with a new calendar. And I want you to know that you are not living only under a secular calendar, January through December. You are also living under God's redemptive calendar. You are living under the biblical calendar. And the very first step for you to come out of your darkness is through the introduction of this month, the month of Nisan. You know, and one thing I want you to know is Isaac was born during the month of Nisan. I believe Jesus was also born in the month of Nisan. And I'll prove that to you in one one of our future teachings. But it's through, it's through, your entire year begins with God's redemption plan for your life. Amen? That all the promises of God begin with the redemption. They all begin with the blood. Because without the blood of Jesus, we don't have salvation. Without the blood of Jesus, we have no destiny. We have no, we, we have no purpose. We have no high calling in Christ Jesus. Because it's through the blood of Jesus that we are grafted into the vine. Amen? And it's no surprise that Jesus was sent to the earth when the Israelites were, live, were living in the darkness of slavery to the Romans. You can actually take some time and compare the life of Moses and parallel it with the life of Jesus. When Moses was born, he was called a goodly child. And there was light all around about. When Jesus was born, there was light all about. It's no surprise that Jesus was sent to the earth when the Israelites lived in the darkness of slavery to the Romans. And when Jesus was born, there was light. When Moses was born, there was light. How many of you know what the very first name of Moses was? Moses wasn't his initial name. The very first name that that Moses was given was not Moses. 
Moses wasn't called Moses until he was drawn out of the river by Batia, the princess of Egypt, and she called his name Moses. But before he was called Moses, when he was born, because it was three months before he was placed in the bulrushes. The very first name that he was given was a name, it's a name that sounds like uh, Atovius. I, I know I'm mispronouncing it slightly, but it means good. And I want you to know that your redemption plan begins with good. Your redemption plan begins with good. And I'm telling you, throughout through this darkness, God is going to bring good. Amen? God is going to bring good, and God's gonna, His light's going to shine forth. Just as, as His light shined in Egypt in the midst of darkness, and even 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born in, the, in, in a manger in the, sta- in the stable in, in, in Bethlehem, there was light. Amen? And I'm telling you, even in the midst of the coronavirus darkness that we're in right now, Christ's light is going gonna, is gonna to shine through. Luke chapter 2 verse 32 says, A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to thy people Israel. Amen? And the, Jesus is the Passover sacrifice. On the first day of the month of Nisan, two weeks before the exodus from Egypt, God said to Moses and Aaron, This month shall be to you the head of months. To you it shall be the first of the months of the year. Speak to the entire community of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, let every one of you take a lamb for each home, a lamb for each household. And I'm telling you, the lamb that we take is Christ Jesus. Amen? Because our protection from the darkness... Our protection from the darkness is the blood of Jesus. Amen? And I'm telling you, and then it it goes on to read, I will see the blood and skip over. That's where the word Passover comes from. It means to pass over. The angel of death will pass over you because when the angel of death sees the blood, the angel of death will not be able to inflict your dwelling, but it'll it'll move on. And I'm telling you, the Israelites that loved God were protected. They were protected. They were protected from the plague of darkness. They were protected from the plague of death. They were protected. And I want you to know that God, God's protection is upon you. I encourage every one of you, do not fear the darkness that's round about. I encourage all of you to quarantine and practice um, good hygiene as, as we're instructed to do. But I encourage you all, please do not be afraid. This is a gift that God has given us. I don't want you to look at all the tragedy. I want you to look at the blessing that God has given us during this time. So many of us are free from distractions. And I'm telling you, God is calling us to himself. Our God is a jealous God, amen? And, and he's calling us to be with him. He's calling us to trust in him. He's calling us to another level of, of uh, he's taking us to a higher level in him. And, in, and he's, in calling, he's calling you to encounter his love like you've never encountered him before. Regardless of where you are in life, regardless of, of whether you're in full-time ministry or you're, uh, where you are in the secular world, wherever you are, God is calling you to himself. So don't waste this time and don't treat this time and, and be fearful about what's going on. Don't spend your entire, don't spend 12, 14, 16 hours a day watching the news and watching destruction all, uh, all about I want you to spend time with God. I want you to pray like never before. And I want you to connect with God like you've never connected with Him before. I want you to know the Passover lamb is here. And our protection is found in no one else but Christ Jesus. Amen. And what God is calling us to do is the same thing, the same thing that Moses commanded all of the Israelites. He told them to be faithful. He told them to be courageous. He told them, He, he gave them very sp- specific instructions. 
He told them exactly what to do. And those Israelites that obeyed Moses' command, they survived. There were many Jews that did not survive the the plagues because they were not trusting in God. But all those that specifically followed the instructions of Moses survived and they came out of Egypt as free men and women. And I want you to know is I want you to trust in him like never before and appropriate the blood of Jesus like you've never done before. And if you're afraid, just acknowledge your fear because, you know, and allow God to give you the the grace to become fearless. Amen. Because this word will make you fearless. This word will will give you the strength to persevere. You know, this is not a time where we're going to survive by just by hearing a gospel that makes us just feel good. We're not here to preach a secret-friendly gospel. We're here to speak the the truth of God's word to you. And we're here to give you the word of God that's going to help you to to remain faithful until the very end. God wants you to remain faithful to the the very last moment because the hour is going to come when the the last trumpet is going to sound and and the dead in Christ and those that are alive next are going to be called up to meet Christ Jesus in the air. And that is an event that we call the rapture. Amen. And that is a day in which all believers will be caught up. And after that event, then the Antichrist will be revealed to the world. And there will be a great period of darkness for the people that remain in the world. Matthew 15, 25 says, It was the third hour when they crucified him. Then in verse 33 and 34, It was in the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And in the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And this is something that the world has been crying out, God, where are you? Where are you? Why have you abandoned me? When Jesus suffered on that cross, he experienced every bit of human agony. He experienced every form of rejection, even to the point of feeling rejected and abandoned by his heavenly father, because he's experienced every form of suffering. Amen. And I'm telling you, it, Christ is right here in the midst of the darkness with us. In Exodus 12, 7, it says, They shall take the blood and put it on the, do- on the two doorposts, and the lintel of the houses in which they eat them. And then that's the blood, the blood. I encourage all of you to keep your eyes on the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has not lost its power. There are so many Christians and so many people in the world that live defeated lives because they have not learned how to appropriate the blood of Jesus. And I encourage you all, we don't have a choice in these last days. We must trust in the blood of Jesus, amen? We must appropriate the blood. And in in, um, Exodus 12, 13, the blood shall be a sign for you upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague shall fall upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. I encourage all of you to stand upon this word, even to memorize this word and quote it every day and to know that the blood shall be a sign for you. The blood of Jesus is a sign for you. And wherever you are, when, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Because during the season of Passover, we are passing over, and, and, and no destruction shall come near our dwelling. One thing about the, the darkness, from John 1, 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the light who hung upon the cross. And even in the midst of three hours of darkness, that darkness could not overcome Christ. Jesus overcame the darkness. Do you all see that? And the purpose of the cross is to draw all humanity back to the Creator. 
The purpose of the cross is to connect heaven to earth. The purpose of the cross is to draw all mankind back to him. For those of you that have studied the Hebrew alphabet, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet is the letter Aleph. Can you say Aleph? I spell it A-L-E-P-H, Aleph. The original script of the letter Aleph looks like the cross. That's not by coincidence. The, the alphabet, the Hebrew, the original Hebrew alphabet begins with the sign of the cross. Amen. And in Revelation, Jesus is called the Alpha and the Omega. It should read, it should read, I am the Aleph and the Tav. And Jesus is saying that he's the beginning before the beginning and he's the end, and he's the, he's the end of all. Amen. In John 1.10, it says he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. See, Jesus came to his own, but his own received him not. Jesus is the life that came is the light that came into the world, but the world did not comprehend him. And God is calling us to become his children. John 1, 12 and 13 reads, But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Do you all, do you all see that? See, God has given us power through the power of his cross, through the power of his blood. He's calling us all to become his children. And that is the purpose of the cross. That is the reason why Jesus came to earth. There are some that say, why did Jesus come to earth and, 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 and live such a lowly life? Why wasn't he born in a palace? Because that was not his purpose. His purpose, his purpose was, to become, was to be the spotless Lamb of God. His purpose to come into earth was, 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 was to be was to offer himself as the Lamb of God, to be offer himself as a sacrifice on that cross at Calvary. Amen? There is so much power in the blood. And all the damage that mankind has done in the world is repaired at the cross at Calvary. Amen? Are you all still with me? Amen? See, there was a darkness that covered all the land for three hours, from the sixth hour through the ninth hour. And many of you, again, are wondering where God is. But you know what? Don't wonder where he is. Just connect to the cross. Connect to Jesus like you've never connected with him before. Don't come to Jesus just because you want to get your needs met. Don't come to Jesus just because you need a better job, you need a spouse, you, there's all these things that you want. I encourage you at this time to come to Jesus because you want God. I, I encourage you all to come to Jesus because you want to have a relationship with him. I invite you to come to him be, be, because... The, Hope is found in nobody else. And I encourage you to build a relationship with him like you've never had before. Because Christ Jesus is the bridegroom. We are his bride. And when Christ Jesus returns, he is going to call up a bride that's spotless like he's spotless. He's calling up a bride that's, that, that's been washed by his own blood. And that's why, that's why we apply the blood of Jesus by faith in our lives today. Amen. Because Jesus is the light that transcends the darkness. And not even death could hold him in the sepulcher. Not even death could confine him on, those, on that cross for three hours. Because during those three hours, Christ Jesus overcame darkness. And guess what? Christ Jesus in you is going to overcome every form of darkness that you're experiencing right now. That could be the darkness of depression. That could be the darkness of, of um, suicidal thoughts. That could be the darkness of bondage to alcohol and, 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 and drug addiction. Every form of darkness that you may be experiencing, Christ overcame on the cross. 
So no matter what you're going through, no matter what suffering you're going through, no matter what addiction that that holds you, no matter what struggle you're going through, uh, maybe you're going through a divorce that you're trying to, to, to repair, whatever you're going through, you're trying to repair that marriage, whatever you're going through, there is hope in the Christ, in, in, there is hope in Christ Jesus, and death cannot hold you down. Amen. Jesus overcame death, and through the blood of Jesus, you will overcome death as well. Amen. See, death, the, darkness could not constrain Jesus, as we see in those three hours from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, and not even death could hold him in the sepulcher. And we see this on Easter Sunday in, in, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. Then I'll read verses 1, 5, and 6. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the sepulcher. Verse 5. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said, Come, see the place where he lay. See, death could not hold him. The sepulcher could not hold Jesus. How can death hold the light of the world? Death could not hold him. Darkness could not hold him. He overcame death. He overcame the grave. Amen. He overcame that sepulcher. And, you, and there's nothing that can hold you in this darkness. There's no coronavirus. There's not, I mean, now we're fighting a war at the molecular level. But you know what? That death cannot hold you. It cannot hold you. That coronavirus has no power over the blood of Jesus. That coronavirus is the strongest antibiotic in the entire world. Death cannot hold you. Death cannot hold you. Now, speaking about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, I, I want to take you back to the, to the creation. And I'm going to read this to you. This is actually, uh, uh, I pulled this from, from, a Talmud, from, from the Talmud, from the rabbinic commentaries. And I also wrote about this in my book, The Final Countdown. And it, according to the Talmud, there is a breakdown of Adam and Eve's first 12 hours on earth. Isn't it interesting that within 12 hours, Jesus overcame death. And in 12 hours, Adam and Eve managed to bring destruction into the world. In the first hour, Adam's clay is heaped up. In the second hour, he became an inert mass. In the third hour, his limbs extended. Isn't it interesting that on the third hour, Jesus' limbs were extended on the cross? In the fourth hour, he was infused with a soul. In the fifth hour, he stood on his feet. In the sixth hour, he gives names to all the creation. Now remember Jesus from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. There's something very special about the number six. I don't want you to see the number 666 in an evil sense. Because the number 666 is the number of man. It's actually a holy number. And, and, I'll, and I'll prove this to you. Mankind was created in the sixth millennia of creation in the in the years uh, on 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 the, on the sixth day, and mankind was was destined to to rule before Christ Jesus for six thousand years. Right now, we are in the Hebrew five thousand seven hundred and and oh, five seven eight zero fifty seven eighty. In Christ Jesus, the Messiah will, will return before the year 6,000. And when Christ Jesus comes, he will, he will bring us into his millennial reign. Amen? So there's something very special about the number 6. Man was created during the sixth day of creation. Man ruling over the earth for 6,000 years. In the seventh hour, going back to the, 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 the 12 hours, in the seventh hour, Eve became the wife of Adam. In the eighth hour, they, they, they gave birth to Cain and Abel. In the ninth hour, 
they were commanded not to eat of the tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil. In the tenth hour they went astray. In the eleventh hour they were judged. In the twelfth hour they were expelled. Now one thing I've learned from rabbinic commentary, if Adam, in the ninth hour they were given the commandment not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But guess what? If they would have remained faithful for three more hours until the twelfth hour, they would have ushered in the era of the Messiah. And sin would never have entered the world. And, and they would, if for only three more hours, if they would have remained faithful. If they could have gone three more hours without sin, guess what? They would have ushered in the, the, the reign of Christ, of the Messiah. They couldn't wait three more hours without sinning. And look at how Jesus spoke to his disciples. He came to his disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, could you not watch with me for one hour? See, not even Peter, James and John could, could remain faithful and pray the way he commanded, commanded them. He came to them three times and found them sleeping. And what Jesus was calling, he was calling them to pray. And if Peter would have prayed, guess what? He would not have denied Jesus three times. He, could, he, he was so sleepy, he could not pray. He could not watch for one hour. Adam and Eve could not remain faithful for three more hours. But you know what? We, we can't blame those that went before us. You know, how long could we last w without sin? And in the 11th hour, he was judged. and the 12th hour, he was, he was expelled. But it does not matter how far you fall. Jesus is the light that will bring redemption to you. Because Jesus is the light. Amen? In John eight twelve it reads, Jesus said to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Will have the light of life. And I encourage you all to trust in Christ Jesus like you've never trusted him before. Because even when Jesus, after Jesus died on that cross and the soldier came and pierced his side, what gushed forth? The blood and the water. Amen. The blood and the water. And that also has to do with our redemption as well. And the darkness, and look at this, Matthew 27, 45. There was darkness upon the land until the ninth hours. Look at the wording. There was darkness over all the land. Now look at Genesis 1, 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. We see a parallel in the, in the verses here. Genesis 1, 2 parallels Matthew 27, 45. We see, we see, we see a thick darkness, don't we? Do you all see that? We see it. We see, we see a darkness. And I want you to see darkness not only in a negative sense. Because we always, whenever we, we hear the word darkness, we always think of darkness as being something evil. But I want you to know darkness is not, I mean, it, darkness is, is, all, is, all, is usually a reference to something that's evil. But there's another kind of darkness that's holy. There's another kind of darkness that protects God's presence. There's another kind of darkness that's a garment for the light. Isaiah 45 verse 7 says, I form the light and create darkness. You all see that? It says, I form the light and create darkness. One thing I want you to know is, in the beginning when God says, let there be light, that light is not the light of the sun. That light is the light of God's glory. That light is the light of God's presence. And it doesn't say, I create the light. It says, I form light. Meaning that God the Father introduced the light into the creation. And when God the Father said, let there be light, what I believe what was revealed is the Messiah, Christ Jesus himself, was revealed into the creation. 
that he was revealed into the creation it because it, he is the light amen and then it says it says i form light and create darkness this darkness is not evil because we always relate darkness to evil god does not create evil amen if you all agree god does not create evil this darkness that he created was a was like, was like a garment for the light because if god revealed the fullness of his light to us mankind will not survive and that's why god conceals himself within the darkness and then it reads i i make wheel and i create woe i am the lord who does all these things see the the darkness is a garment for the light and the light is preserved for those that walk righteously before him and it's because of the blood of jesus that we can experience and have fellowship with god in the light amen in Genesis 1, 3, and 4, it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And that darkness is like a, it's like a veil. It's, like a, um, it's, it's what conceals God's glorious light. Because we, if we experience the fullness of His light, we would not survive. So there is a, there is a kind of darkness that's good. I want you to treat the darkness that the world is experiencing right now as a form of tov, as a form of good in your life. Because God is cause, calling all of his people to, to spend time with him, to spend time in his presence, to spend time in, in the word, spend time in your Bible, just spend time fellowshipping with him, just to be with him one on one, be with him. You know, because there's no darkness that's going to keep you away from him. Allow this, allow this time be a time in which you can conceal yourself with God. And now, I want to talk to you about the ninth plague. I've been, I've been talking to you a lot in six and nines. The ninth plague was the plague of darkness that, that God inflicted upon the Egyptians. And it reads in Exodus chapter 10, verses 21, 22, and 23. Can you take a, can you take a little more time with me here? It reads, And the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness to be felt. Can you imagine a darkness so thick that it could be felt? So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven. And guess what? Jesus' arms were extended towards heaven as when he was nailed to that cross. And there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. When Christ Jesus hung up on that cross, there was a thick darkness for three hours. And during those three days in Egypt, they did not see one another, nor did any rise from his place for three days, for all the people of Israel had light where they dwelt. Imagine this, this darkness, and, and some of the readings that I, uh, in my studies say, these plagues are not called plagues, they're called wonders. And I'll tell you why it's a wonder, because this darkness was darkness only to the Egyptians. But to the Israelites, they, they dwelt in light. The very same wonder was experienced by, by both camps of people. But to the Egyptians, it was, a thick, it was a thick, tangible darkness. But to the Israelites, to the Jews in, in, in Goshen, it was a light. See, that's why it's called, it's also called a wonder, not just a plague. I mean, all the, all the Egyptians were enveloped in a thick and impenetrable darkness which extinguished all light. They could not see it. They were all gripped with fear. And they remained glued in their places wherever they sat or stood. There were some, there were some commentaries that say that they were actually paralyzed for those three days. They could not move at all. But only in Goshen, where the Israelites dwell, there was light in their dwellings. 
So during this time, you can choose to be paralyzed by fear and be caught up into all the, uh, you know, much of what we see on social media, uh, the stuff we see on the news, and we can't filter the right from the wrong. We don't know what's true. We don't know what's wrong. But I want you to know, that don't, don't be focused on that. I encourage you all to be like the Israelites, to be like the Jewish people, and choose to dwell in your Goshen. Choose to dwell in that place of light. Choose to dwell in that place of abiding in God's presence. Because if, if, you, if you're going to spend 16, 17, 18 hours a day watching the news and just watching all the stuff that's going on around you and counting the, the, the number of deaths incrementing, I'm telling you, you are going to be plagued by that darkness. And that's not the place where you're called to be. Because you are going to come into such a place in, in fellowship with God. And the spirit of intercession is going to come upon you. And the Holy Spirit is going to intercede to, to, through you. And God's going to use you as an instrument to eradicate this virus in the earth. Because this virus is only going to be eradicated through prayer, through spending time with Him. Because God has called us to become repairers of the world, not destroyers, but to be repairers of the world. Amen. If you're all with me, please say amen. You know, we are all called to abide with Him. But you know, I want you to know, not all the Jews were saved from the plague. There were a few who wanted to be so much a part of Egypt, even more than being part of the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they were so assimilated into the Egyptian way of life and the sinful way of life that, that, many, that many of the Jews died during the days of darkness. See, we have a choice. We can choose to live in darkness or we can choose to live in the light. And I pray that everyone on this call is choosing to abide and live in the light. Amen? We are not going to be caught up in this darkness many days. We are going to live in the light. And the tenth plague, the final plague that God inflicted, or the tenth wonder, was the plague of the death of the firstborn. And it reads in Exodus 12, 12, For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment, I am the Lord. We see the death of all the firstborn Egyptians, including the animals of the men, of, of, of even Pharaoh's firstborn was struck dead. And it, it all happened, it all happened in one night. And guess what? Jesus was the firstborn of the Father. Jesus was the firstborn. Jesus was the firstborn of Mary. And guess what? He was the firstborn that was struck dead by, 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 by his heavenly Father. And because of his blood, we have redemption. It's because of his blood that we have salvation. Amen. It's because of him that we've been set free. Because it was on, it was on midnight of the 14th day to the 15th day of Nisan. So, so last night coming into midnight, God struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of King Pharaoh down to the very firstborn of every captive in the dungeon. All the firstborn of the cattle exactly as as Moses as Moses had warned there was a loud and bitter wail in each house and I'm telling you it was it was a horrifying dark a horrible death that has take, taken place but through each plague God was calling Egypt to re, to repentance the first in the first five plagues Pharaoh hardened his own heart in the last 10 in the last five of the 10 plagues God hardened Pharaoh's heart Pharaoh was just totally given up to his, his own hardness. He did not repent during those plagues because each of these plagues represented a, um, it was a call of, for repentance to the, to the Egyptians. And there were many Egyptians that, that did repent. 
when you read about the the journeys of the Israelites in the wilderness, there's often a reference to a mixed multitude. The mixed multitude always gave trouble to the Israelites in the wilderness. The mixed multitude were the ones that convert that converted to 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 the Jewish faith. They were so they were they, they became so moved by the way God was moving that they repented and converted. But they but but they never truly converted because they were always the form of complaining in the wilderness. And then Moses called to then Moses called for Moses and Aaron that very night and said, "Arise, go out among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and go and bless me also." At last, then the pride of the stubborn king was broken. It was after the tenth plague that Pharaoh let the let the Israelites go. And I want you to know that God is with you during this time. God is with you in the midst of these destructions. God is with you. And I encourage everyone of you, do not be afraid, but trust in the blood like you've never trusted in the blood before. Trust in the blood. Amen? If you're all with me, please please, please say amen. To trust in his blood. Because that's, that's where our hope comes from. That is where our hope comes from. I encourage you all, every one of you, to trust in him like you've never trusted before. Amen? And as I close this evening, and I pray that this teaching has been a blessing to you. I do apologize for all the technical difficulties that, that we have been having here tonight. But one thing I want you to know is that God, that, that God is in control. And God will not inflict upon anybody any more than, than, that, than they can bear. Amen. God is with you. God is your protection. God will take care of you. And I just encourage you, as I just encourage all of you to trust in Him. Just trust in Him. Our hope comes from no one else but uh, but the Lord alone. And cling to the cross. Cling to the cross of Jesus. Cling to him like never before. 